Right, it's our next faculty face story, and I am joined by Sam Hargreaves, Hello. who is uh, one of our lecturers on the music worship program, former program leader, and the what do you call yourself? Founder, head of Resound Worship, prophet, apostle of Resound. Um, engage worship is engage. what I work for. Resound worship, I do. I was part of the founding, and I do. I do serve with them, but I'm not paid by them. Right. So you're out there in those kinds of forms. That's yeah. where people may have seen you. Yeah. And your materials uh, that relates related to that. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to start at the beginning, as we always do, our sound of music methodology. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what is your context going right the way back? I uh, My mum took me to church from about seven. Uh, and then I went to... Um, she took me to an evangelistic thing with James Irwin, who was a astronaut that went to the moon. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was a big evangelistic appeal. And he said, if you want to give your life to Jesus, come down the front. And apparently my mum looked down and I was gone. Um, so, yeah, it was really, I mean, I remember it really making a big impact. And I don't know whether I was having a particularly existential crisis at age 11, but I just thought, yes, this is it. You know, give your life to Jesus. That makes sense to me. Um, and then my friend went to a small Baptist church and I said to my mum, oh, could we go along there? Um, so I started going along there and really liked it and got really involved in the youth group and the rest of my family stopped going there. But actually it turned out to be a really good thing because from about, I would say about age 13, kind of my faith was my own. It was my own choice. It was my own. I was the one getting up and going to church and yeah, it was, it was my own decision room. Were family su- supportive or ambivalent yes. or yes, largely. I mean, my mum, my mum's a strong Christian. Um, there were times when they were a little bit like, "Do you not think you should be like out more, like doing teenage things rather than being at church?" Or so I think there was a little bit of concern, like, is he becoming some sort of religious nutter? But um, no, I mean, as I say, my mum's a very strong Christian, and they, they've always been supportive. Great, and and. From that point onwards, are there other particularly formative experiences along the way? Yeah, so about 13, I went to Spring Harvest for the first time and heard about things like being filled with the Spirit and you could be a full-time you know, person involved in ministry and, um, and yeah, just that sort of challenge of uh stepping up in faith and seeing loads of other christians around you as well and sort of getting that sense oh this is a bigger thing than just our little youth group um but then also our youth group growing in that time and sort of i think it's about three of us went to spring harvest and then the next year we took a group of i don't know eight or something and then it, it was it really and it was a small baptist church but it was a sort of a mini revival really in our youth group there was it went from three to, I don't know, 20 or 30 quite passionate going for it Christians. And in the middle of that, a group of us started a, a band and it was we were involved in worship. But we we all really wanted to do kind of evangelistic type music. So um, from pretty young, we were trying to like write our own material and play gigs and talk about Jesus um and that only as i went through my teens only increased we um yeah we stopped we were going really serious about that we were doing a lot of gigs 
um i don't think we were very good <laughs> but it was a good experience yeah what do you play what is your major instrument guitar guitar yeah yeah really just guitar and, and always writing songs right from the beginning okay we might have to come back to that uh going towards the end of school still pursuing faith and then university yeah so do my a levels and they sent me off to the careers advisor and i said i want to be in christian ministry and they sort of looked at me like i had two heads didn't really it sort of showed me like well here's some theology degrees so i applied for a few things and then weirdly they had one advisor who was a christian and they sort of they sort of said oh we found this other advisor and and she said well why aren't you thinking about theological college why aren't you thinking about christian and i just sort of didn't really know anything about that and didn't think i could get the funding for it and all that she said no 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 you can you can just apply so i came to lst for an open day um and almost immediately went oh this is it i just suddenly kind of knew that this was and i'd been to a few other interviews and things but i was like no 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 this is clearly what i need weirdly i sort of had this thing that i was going to be in youth work okay I think it's mainly because, you know, you sort of want to do what you see. Yeah. And I'd seen a lot of youth workers and I thought, oh, that could be a route. And even and my friend, I came and saw the music course was just starting at LST. And my friend was like, you should apply for that. And I was like, oh, it wouldn't be good enough. They were, you know, saying, oh, you need grade A. And I said, I haven't got grade A. And she said, oh, you should just apply. You should just apply. And I, I applied and I got in. So you put first cohort or? Second. Second cohort. Yeah. Back to David Peacock. David Peacock. Yeah. Um. Chris Redgate was the main lecturer back then, but some of the people who are still around today, Richard Hubbard, uh, Chris Gray, um, yeah. Okay. And so through those three years, some more clarity coming out, some other life things coming along? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I loved my three years at LST. It was really great, like, experience. Um, loved going deeper in theology. Loved being pushed musically getting experiences of leading. It was pretty late on that I finally clocked that maybe actually it was supposed to be music, not youth work. Um, yeah, even though I was sort of doing all this training, but part of my head was, like, oh, but I'm going to do youth work. And then I just thought, no, hang on. Why am I, you know, I've been trained in, in, in music and worship. So I got a job coming out of LST at a church full time doing music. I, I kind of, yeah, it was, it was sort of, I'm going to give this a go and see where it goes but actually that church was really encouraging and releasing and it, it made me think no actually I've, I've got a gift around music and worship and I love doing it when it's in the right context. Is that up in Luton already? That no church, so or? the first church was um, Ascension Ballam Hill South yeah. London which we were there for five years and as I say again that was a really great experience it was a very active um outward looking creative church and it was in a moment of of real growth um and so i think yeah i learned a huge amount there and you're married when you go yeah so at lst uh i met my wife sarah who was the year below me at lst and we got together yeah i think it was around march of her first year um yeah and, and she's swedish she's swedish yeah she she claims that she'd already decided to she was going to do one year and she claims that she'd already decided to stay on for three years before we got engaged or, or got together but um yeah i think um and i think 
yeah we right from the beginning we always felt like we wanted to be a ministry together she's incredibly creative herself yeah really creative and right now doing engage we work together um doing that and yeah lots of people say like how do you how do you cope how do you manage it but i can't imagine it any other way really i i you know because when we go off and do things we do it together i can't imagine being in a situation where we weren't ministering together and i think it's it's really healthy you know it's healthy for both of us because we like to say you know if you stand up in front of a group and start saying something if your spouse is there <laughs> and you start you know slightly aggrandizing yourself or you know going away from what is actually true your spouse is going to be hang on a minute you know that's not what you're like or that's not how you act at home so it, it's a good grounding thing it's yeah i believe in that in that sort of team ministry yeah and it's not something that the church talks a whole lot about is in my experience no apart from a sort of buy one get one free attitude which i think is unfortunately still very much there that one sadly often the man will get employed and then the woman will be seen as a kind of well of course you're going to be you know here for for nothing but i think we've again we've always tried to say you know we're here on an equal footing um and yeah there's just so many things that sorrow is better that, that than i am so but yeah i think it's something that 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 needs to be explored more and and you know it, to me it's a really healthy thing yeah uh, and i mentioned earlier that you used to be program leader here so how do you end up coming back in lecturing capacities at yeah lst so i did ascension for 5 years and then we um moved to a little church outside cambridge for a few years and I was part-time for that and part-time we were setting up Engage um, from scratch. And then, yeah, after a couple of years, Dave Peacock, uh, who was started the programme here, came and said that we're going to start a sort of parallel thing where we've got one that's sort of more sort of trained formal musicians and then another which is for more sort of contemporary improviser type musicians. And would you be interested in teaching on that? And then after a year or so, I started being the programme leader for that um yeah so just kind of fell into it because of relationship with dave and um yeah i guess the relationship with the college and i was i think the most i taught was three days a week in that in that season um so i was always doing engage alongside that and then in 2015 um i stopped being on the faculty and we took a year out because we were back to Sweden uh, for a year, did a year in Sweden, which was a really good experience. Uh, and then when I came back, I started going full time with Engage. And so then I've just been a visiting lecturer for seven years now. Right. Over years. Yeah. Yeah. And when you think about both your teaching and your songwriting, and your worship leading, how how do you integrate your own spiritual walk into mm. those those kind of processes and they may be very different yeah um i think one of the things i learned when i was in the church first church i worked for is that when you're quote unquote normal christian uh you tend to be in a situation where you're getting your spiritual input from church and home group and whatever 
and then you're sort of going out and living your life and and then you sort of loop back into church for more spiritual input and i think what i learned quite quickly was oh when you're working for a church or you're in some sort of ministry or you know i'm sure it's true in theological education as well you have to become a self-feeder you have to find ways of getting the input for your spiritual life effectively for yourself you can't in the same way rely on sunday mornings or um so i think i've yeah just tried to do that for a long time um have spiritual rhythms in my life um prayer in the morning you know times of prayer in the weeks or more extended prayer um having accountable relationships reading stuff listening to stuff that will sort of stretch my faith going on retreats and and things like that i i think that's just so important and i think too often people are kind of living off the dregs in ministry they're kind of you know they, they've got to the bottom of the barrel of what they learned years ago and they're still trying to and i think that's a real concern and so some of the stuff we're doing with engage recently whereas we've always done um worship resources and songs and things like that but the one of the things we're really thinking about is spiritual formation for worship leaders so we have a program for worship leaders aged 18 to 35 called evergreen and that is all about helping young worship leaders get formed in their faith and sort of in the secret places and in the and even for people outside that age group we did a book recently called the rest is worship and again that is about taking that time out whether that's just you know half an hour in the morning or a proper sabbath during the week or going on retreat or whatever but making those spaces for not just we call it in the book counterfeit rest of the sort of scrolling through your phone or the you know desk um netflix binge yeah. or video games exactly and... which and, and they can have their place yeah. but it's not in my view that's not true restoration whereas actually god has this gift to us in sabbath and in in the sort of rest that jesus offers us you know, come to me or you're weary and burdened and, and that is much more about restoration in god and being yeah kind of coming back to the center of what you believe mm-hmm. and you know working out of that renewal and refreshing rather than getting exhausted and then only resting then because you've yeah. you burned out. And of course, I mean, the role of the worship leader has changed since you started your studies. I mean, we've got this increasing sacramentality of sung worship yeah. where actually the prime priestly role is often now played by the worship leader. Yeah, the, the pressure on young worship leaders particularly, I think, is ridiculous. And there, there's that sacramental element of you're going to lead us into the presence of God. Actually, I think Jesus is the one that leads us into the presence of God. Um, you know, but I mean, graciously, he works with us. Yeah. He works with things like music. Um, and then also evangelistically, because often young worship leaders are seen as, oh, you're the great answer to our problems here because you're going to bring the young people in. You're going to make us cool and trendy again. Um, so I think, yeah, the pressures are huge and... Uh, and then you actually a third thing I would add on to that is especially post pandemic it's the live streaming element mm. so so many churches now the quality has had to go up or they perceive that it has had to because when it goes on YouTube 
every little thing that you got away with on Sunday morning suddenly gets replayed and becomes more. So I think there is those huge pressures. And I think, yeah, it's it's really on my heart that we are addressing those heart issues and those kind of cultural issues of what are we demanding of our mm. worship leaders? What are we, you know, and how are we supporting them? Because actually the the attrition rate is high mm. of people getting into ministry full-time positions or just really committed as volunteers but but dropping out early so i think that is a big concern to me yeah and another thing that you've done recently is the stuff on whole life worship has yeah. that been a long passion has that come out of your own reflections on life or yeah so we did that uh came out in 2017 i think and it was a partnership with the london institute for contemporary christianity and yeah, it was about connecting Sunday morning with Monday morning, effectively. So for those quote unquote normal Christians, uh, is it that they're just worshipping for an hour on Sunday and then it's kind of see you next week for more worship? Or is it we're sending you out equipped and refreshed to continue worshipping? You know, that the service just looks different when you're serving at home or work or school. Um, and so trying to lay some theological grounding for that and some frameworks but then also give loads of practical resources this space you know from the beginning of engage we have just tried to provide loads of practical resources for people as well so our website has over 600 um free worship resources people can download uh, increasingly we've been doing these church service packs which are kind of these collected um, outlines of services with everything from all age ideas videos prayers bible readings sermon outlines responses songs you know because we see that people need those practical resources and lots of the churches we're working for or you know looking to serve um yeah there's there's gonna always gonna be massive churches that have got tons of resource but they're not the majority <laughs> even though they might, you might think they are because of the way they kind of are you know perceived online or whatever but actually the majority of churches are small um and they need stuff so yeah whole life worship um came out with a thing called a journey pack which was full of those kinds of outline services and then we've done more of those since then as you look back on your life career to this point uh have you got any reflections on how god has has led you and and how God has changed you, informed you for particularly thinking of our students who are going through the formative process at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I feel so grateful. And one of the things I feel grateful to LST was, was giving me uh, permission to ask questions and to be honest about my faith. And I think I came away from my degree going, it's okay to ask questions it's okay to poke the bible or to poke the received wisdom of my church or my tradition um and god's big enough i think he actually wants me to do that i think he wants my faith to keep growing um i yeah i i, I don't think my faith is the same as when i left lst because i hope that god is you know making me more into the image of christ <laughs> Uh, and helping me to be more loving, more open. Um, yet yeah, I'm, I'm, I see the Bible now as as much kind of more complex and rich and varied than just a, a book of answers that I can go to to 
you know, find the answers. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a challenge when you're in the middle of your degree. I, we had a brilliant lecturer for your time, Matt, called Lish Eves. Did you ever meet her? Um, no, of her. I never, never met her. Yeah, so she's she's with the Lord now, but she was the missions lecturer and she used to say this thing about lst she said lst is a bit like bicycle maintenance if you do proper bicycle maintenance you strip the whole thing down take it all apart you clean it all up you look at things and is this actually you know fit for purpose and may you might replace some bits but she said there comes a point in your lst career when you look around at your bicycle in bits on the floor and you go am i ever going to get this back together again and she said, you will, and it will be a much better thing. And that has been, I think, again, my my experience of ST, but also my experience of life, actually, that you just have these moments where you look around and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is in bits. But I think that's partly what God is doing, yeah. is that God is allowing you to kind of let go of some of the easy answers, let go of some of the, the things which maybe served you well when you were younger, but actually kind of are realizing that i also used to think that like i probably hit maturity about in my early 30s and now i'm in my 40s and i'm like oh i've got such a long way to go you know and i'm realizing that god has i i think this kind of journey for us and i'm actually hungry to see what is keep going to keep doing in my life and to keep learning from the people who are ahead of me great thank you very much and that's a faculty face story more next week <laughs>